you know, little speed round this week. Joined uh, by Nathan. How you doing, Nathan? It's a crazy busy week. Finals week is kicking my butt, but yeah. it's uh, been a fun time. Yeah. Uh, this week of football also sucked for me as a Cowboys fan. Yeah, not, not, a, not, not a great week just in general. Dude, super busy, and then the Cowboys <laughs> are deciding to be very bad this week. Um, and, uh, <laughs> lose in overtime to a team that is very much on a downward trend like not the team you want to lose to like if you want to lose to a team you want to lose to a team that's on the up and up not a team that is generally speaking that's how you want the week yeah. to go um all right i uh, although one thing one positive thing you have to do i beat you by one in pickups this week i was seven and eight you were six and nine so you both had pretty bad weeks but you were yeah, still baby. you're still one one game ahead of me so at some point i have that to hold on to yeah yeah, the the Cowboys are they're 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 dropping down, uh, you know, in the playoff picture. But you're more in the pickups, so that's that's all that yeah. really matters. That's all that yeah, that's all that matters. Not the Cowboys doing well. Yeah, who cares about the Cowboys? What are yeah? How many fans do they have? Like four, probably something like that. Yeah, only four. Uh, all right, well, let's jump into reviewing the games from last week. We have Bears sixteen, Lions fourteen. That game wasn't fun. Yeah, just you know, sometimes I will say. What were you gonna say? I'll say this is the first game where I'm like, oh yeah, Dan Campbell's like completely incompetent. This is just terrible play calling from the Lions, but also like the Bears are are really bad, despite being four and seven, which I know is not a great record. They are far worse than their record. Yeah, no, I think that. I mean, these teams were like incredibly evenly matched, right? Like this is a team, you know, we both had the Lions to get the win and it was obviously a very, very close game down to the last second. You know, the Lions look about as bad as they are and the Bears are yeah. just about, you know, evenly bad. Like, yeah, you know, there is there is no part of this where I'm looking and saying like, oh, you know, the Bears like deserve this win or the Bears were the better team. It's like, no, like these were two they teams were that were equally bad. And you know one team mm-hmm. one team had to win, right? You know it's like and the Bears didn't even have the satisfaction of firing Matt Nagy. So no, what they were looking forward to that didn't end up happening. No, there's there's a podcast I listened to where one of the hosts is a big Bears fan. He's like, honestly, I just want to lose the rest of the season so we can just like get rid of Matt Nagy. <laughs> He's like, you know, every week I mean, he, every week he gets a win, it just like delays the inevitable of us firing him and like moving on as a team. And I'm like, fair enough, because like honestly, like the bears seem to get worse every week, honestly. So maybe time to get rid of your coach. I think that like, again, it's hard to, I think the lions need a one or one more year or so before you can see if Dan Campbell's actually like a solution. Yeah. Uh, but cause they're just so untalented. Uh, but also not many coaches would want the lion's job. Um, and the bears is like, yeah, they need to move on from Matt Nagy and start developing their offensive line because like yeah this team just stinks yeah didn't even run the football well defense was fine but you're playing the Lions, so how good was your defense actually like yeah it was just it was a really bad game for to start thanksgiving and it only got worse with the next game which made me want to die (laughs) yeah we have uh raiders 36 cowboys 33 in overtime um. Yeah. What's up with the Cowboys' defense? Uh. Well, I don't. I. I've. I will go on record and and I hope that I am, am not proven a hypocrite. Is that I don't think the Cowboys' defense 
is a lights out defense in terms of points. Yeah. You know, like it. Like the Patriots are a really good defense because they stop you from scoring. I think the Cowboys' defense is a really explosive defense that ter- generates turnovers, but they are because they're young and because they're speedy, they can get and they like to gamble. They can get beat a lot. And the Raiders have a very, have a very, especially passing wise, they have a very good passing offense because Derek Carr's pretty good and they have good yeah. receivers. But the other thing is the Cowboys and the Raiders are two of the most penalized teams in the league, and the Cowboys' defense was penalized a lot. I think the Raiders had like at least five or six first downs that were from like penalties like on third down third down plays they're like five or six times they got bailed out because of penalties and that's just bad defense and that's the lack of discipline so i think the cowboys defense for me is they they did a couple things right they generated a few turnovers which is really like what you want but no they didn't generate a turnover it should have been a fumble but it wasn't darren waller didn't get that i always apologize but they they can't. I don't trust this defense to like hold a team to sixteen. Yeah, I trust this defense to get a to to force an interception in our offense to put the game away. Well, well I, I was going to say I was going to say at least my opinion yeah. sort of watching the Cowboys is it seems like you know the teams are able to drive on them quite often, and then sometimes they get the turnovers, and then that you yeah. know sort of functions as like a stop right and they don't get any other stops other than like their turnovers usually and so in a game like this where they you know did they they were unable to get any any turnovers obviously yeah i think i think you know that probably should have been the fumble recovery but obviously it wasn't you know and so that when you're not getting any turnovers and you're just you know giving up you know 166 yards of penalty yardage right that's like an entire drive you know plus of just you know given to the given to the Raiders in terms of penalty yards. And so I yeah. think I think that that sort of strikes me as like this is a team that is, you know, very sort of hit and miss, right? Like sometimes they're getting incredible yeah. turnovers and, you know, they sometimes they're just like, you know, being super undisciplined, giving up, you know, pass interference penalties yeah. and, and all of that stuff. And it's like, I don't know, you know, that's sort of the worry because it's like obviously like, you know, the Raiders, they're not a bad team in terms of the players. Obviously, you know, they've been – doing poorly because of their, you know, team is kind of in chaos, but when their players play good, they're still a good team. And so it's like, you're not so worried necessarily about the Cowboys losing to the Raiders, but it's sort of a concern of like, you know, how's this team going to be consistent in the playoffs if they're making these kinds of mistakes? You know, that's the worry. And that, that's, that's my main concern is like, it's weird because our offense has been underperforming the last couple of weeks. And I think part of that is, you know, injuries are always difficult. Injuries yeah. along some of the offensive line, but more specifically, your two best receivers are still out. Like it's hard to to be as offensively powerful when your receivers aren't playing as well. And because of that, and because we've been falling behind early in games, uh, we haven't been able to run and establish the run very well, which is, I would say, really the offense's downfall currently. Is I think the Cowboys are at their best when their defense doesn't spend a lot of time on the field. When we score, we, if we get like 7-0, right? And then you either generate a three and out, which isn't too uncommon, and we get the ball back, then we can just kind of run the football and keep our defense fresh so they can go for those more risky plays. And if they get burned once or twice, we have the offensive firepower to to score quickly and yeah. get the lead back. And well, yeah, and, and, and I think you saw that. That's hard the, to do when you don't have the receivers. Well, yeah, and, and also you see in this game the Raiders had – you know, 40, 39 minutes of possession, which mm-hmm. means that, you know, you don't have your receivers on uh, for the Cowboys, but you still can't run the ball very much if you're sort of, you know, 
playing from behind and the other team is just tearing up the clock, right? And so, yeah, you know, I mean, both of the both of the running backs, Pollard and Zeke, both did okay in terms of yards per carry, but neither, yeah. neither of them got very many carries because when you're down and the other team is just, you know, taking all of the clock off, you you have to really you sort of have to throw the ball and you have to do all that stuff and that you know, when you don't have any of your good guys, then you're not as efficient, obviously. And so, you know, the Cowboys really didn't get didn't get to play their game that they wanted to play, you know, for a couple of reasons. And so, you know, it's a disappointing performance. And, you know, and I think especially when you see the way that, you know, the defense, that when they don't generate turnovers, how they just sort of become a league average defense, right? That they're like above average because of their ability to force turnovers at opportune moments. But when they don't, they're just kind of, you know, any other defense, you know, and that's not what you want when you're going to be in the playoffs, I don't think. Yeah, and it's, again, I think we can kind of get back on track a little bit near the end of the season if we can just recapture and get some momentum. But it is frustrating that we haven't been able to to win these games. But the one thing that is positive, they have been close games. Like yeah. the Cowboys, they've all been winnable. It wasn't like, oh, they got blown out and they weren't able to win. Like, I thought all of them were very winnable and they just didn't close. But, uh... That can't be said for the Bills and the Saints because the Bills beat the Saints 31-6. to Yeah. And this is really the, again, the Bills are the story of two halves. They're kind of like the Ravens were earlier in the season where first half they're okay. And the second half they really turn into the team that everyone thought they were going to be this year. Yeah. I just want to say this game, uh, great way to end Thanksgiving, just watching the Saints yeah, get you. destroyed. You know, when it was, when it was what, like 24 to nothing. And yeah. I, was, I was just, I was just so very excited. I was like, "This is what I'm thankful for." Um, <laughs> is the Saints losing? What they've lost five games in a row now? Is that right or four? Yeah, I think they've lost five. Yeah, I mean, you know, always excited with the Saints lose. Um, yeah, this is just. I mean, yeah, it's kind of funny because obviously, like the Bills, they were winning ten nothing at halftime, and then they got, then they just got like a lot better in the second half, which is like, you know, not what you want if you're losing. By 10, you want the other team to get worse or get complacent. And the Bills just seem to sort of, you know, step up to another gear and, you know, just sort of dominate in that second half, which is, you know, sort of scary that, you know, you, that, you know, you're sort of concerned, right, that the Bills have shown some inconsistency. And I think their ability to, you know, turn it on and to have a dominant second half, even when they were already like winning pretty comfortably at the end of the first half shows that there's sort of a level of, you know, this team is able to kind of check into that next gear. They haven't been able to do that, you know, 100% this year, but they did a really good job this game of, you know, playing well and then playing even better in the second half, which is, you know, scary for the yeah. teams that are going to have to play the Bills, you know. Mm-hmm. It's like, I think it's also scary for the Bills because, like, again, the playoffs is all, all the playoffs is about is consistent. Yeah. Whoever is the more consistent team generally wins those games, and that's. For the Bills, like again, if you run into a team like the Patriots, who have a really good defense, and they don't let, and you're not, and you're inconsistent, they might just stop you from generating into a, like a really hot offense, like in the second half. So they have to. The Bills need to be careful because yeah. no, the Bills they're inconsistent. Definitely need to keep working on their consistency, especially because right now they're, you know, they're a, they're a wild card team, you know. So it's like if they're mm-hmm. gonna have to go. You know, like if the season ended today, they'd have to go into Tennessee and play the Titans. 
You know, it's like and the Saints season is over. By the way, I think the Saints are totally done. Their their quarterback yeah. play is so bad, and their defense is good. But uh, yeah, they're just not that good of a team I mean, anymore. Yeah, I mean the Saints, the te- Saints team gets worse every single year, and we're surprised that you know that they're that they're just so much worse after a Hall of Fame quarterback retires. Like the Saints team, you know, was good like you know ten years ago at this point, and they've gotten worse every single year for the last ten years. Not a surprise. Um, I mean, yeah, they're just, they just don't seem to be, you know, a team that really has anything going for them other than their defense has like, you know, seems to work well, like together, but it's like, there's nobody on the Saints defense. that's like an all-star, right? Like, you know, the Saints defense like is okay at points and, you know, looks good, but it's like, there's nobody on, nobody on their offense, you know, at running back, you know, when Kumara's not there and. You know, and he obviously he's, you know, struggled a lot this season, mostly because he's sort of their only good player on offense, you know, and that's too much pressure to put on any running back, you know, even even the best running back needs some amount of help. So, yeah, the Saints, um, yeah, I mean, technically, you know, mathematically, obviously their season not over, but I think it would be very, very unlikely for this team to actually improve and get to, you know, string any number of wins together, I think, which yeah. is, you know. Very excited for me that both the Saints and the Seahawks are definitely not in the playoffs this year. This is like the best year of football for me uh, since I've ever been a fan. Um, all right, let's jump ahead to the games from Sunday. Uh, we have Bengals 41, Steelers 10. Um, yeah. yeah, great game by Joe Mixon. And, you know, just... Oh, yeah. You know, explosive with the... With the offense, I mean, you know, like I wasn't, I wasn't watching this game, you know, so I was just kind of checking the score. All of a sudden, you know, the Bengals just scored like, you know, I mean, they scored like, you know, their 31 points like really quickly, and all of a sudden you're like, wow, this game just was like, you know, totally, totally over, you know. And I think this is a good example of, you know, I think the Bengals are better than the Steelers, but they're not like much, much better. But that. That when you just like get off to a hot start, you know, and the other team can't really throw themselves back into a game because Ben Roethlisberger, he's not, he doesn't have, he doesn't have deep passes in him. You know, he's, he's good. He's, you know, he's good. We've seen this year. He's good at sort of making decisions, you know, and sort of, you know, throwing the ball down and stuff, but he can't throw a team back into a game. He's not that good anymore. And so, you know, and their defense is. Their defense is injured, so they're not able yeah. to rely on that defense. Was supposed to be the strength, and when you turn the ball over with a defense that's hurt to a good offense, they're gonna, yeah, dominate you guys. Yeah, you know, and it's like, and it's like, it, it just sort of seems, it sort of felt like, you know, at halftime that the game was, you know, over in my opinion, just because it's like the Steelers, they don't have the pieces, like they have the pieces to stay in a game, they don't have the pieces to really run a comeback, right? And so you take a team that's like, you know, slightly better in the Bengals. But then you just sort of let them get like a ton of momentum at the start of the game. Like, there's there's not much the Steelers can do to come back from that, and you know, um, that's what ended up happening. I mean, the Bengals' offense obviously looked very good. Um, you know, with that, obviously, you know, it's like how much of that is playing against a defense that's been really struggling and is injured. But you know, I think that it was you know a great game. You know, obviously, I mean, I mean, the fact that Joe Mixon, you know, averaged basically six yards a carry, you know, that's very impressive. Um, you know, and Joe Burrow, obviously, he did, he did have that interception, but you know, other than that, 
you know, just not not the craziest game stats wise because obviously he only threw the ball twenty four times, but twenty for twenty four. Yeah, Joe Mixon dominated. Exactly right. Like they were able to get down the field, you know, with him not throwing the ball a ton, but you know, twenty for twenty four for one hundred ninety yards. That's a that's a performance that's going to win you a lot of games if you have a good running game, right? You know, that's sort of the what we've seen with Carson Wentz with the Colts and stuff this year, right? That you know that that's sort of a, a sort of a good baseline, right? Of about two hundred yards, you know. Yeah. And, and you know, it, you know, you know, and a, just a high completion percentage, like that's that's what you want out of a quarterback, you know, especially, you know, a young quarterback like Joe Burrow who's still kind of learning. You're still kind of, you know, I would say, you know, team probably doesn't trust him to, you know, make all the plays like you like you trust, you know, a really really good elite quarterback yet because Joe Burrow he's just not at that level yet but you know and so you know being on the team with joe mixon and stuff and obviously joe burrow is able to 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 get that rush touchdown because you know people are so scared of him in the pocket that they're you know dropping back into coverage you know and allowing him to get that rush touchdown and so you know all all of these things i think point to you know you know i'm still not totally sold on the Bengals this year i still think they're probably a year away from being a real contending team but you know this is an incredible performance, you know, just to be able to put together 31 points before halftime against any team, right? That's a that's a good offensive performance. And then, obviously, this is a good matchup for them and that the Steelers, you know, don't have yeah. the firepower to really play from behind, I don't think. No, and I think, trying to move on pretty quickly, but again, the Bengals have a really explosive offense and the Steelers don't. They relied on their defense to keep them in games. Yeah. Uh, and... It's hard to do that when your defense gives up 31 in the first half. <laughs> yeah. No, the Steelers have a, the Steelers are good enough against you know a lot of teams to sort of play to play with the lead, right? If they get off to a early lead, to sort of you know run the ball and stuff, and you know hold on to a lead and you know eat the clock. You can't do that if you're playing from behind, and that's what happens when the Bengals got off to a really hot start. Um, yeah. All right. This. Uh, this is a crazy game. I do, I did pick the Dolphins to win, but not like this weird game. Dolphins yeah. thirty three, Panthers ten. Uh, everybody was all in on Cam Newton last week. Ends up getting benched in this game. Um, yeah, he's not good. Yeah, I mean, the problem comes is, is that the Panthers are a team that is, you know, still are still a quarterback away from being anything. Yep. Well, and their offensive line isn't good either. Their offensive line is is so bad that they're just constantly under pressure. And yeah. again, Cam Newton's stats are terrible, but like he got sacks five times, and I'm sure he was under more pressure. I don't have the number of pressures, but like when your offensive line's not good, you struggle to to do anything. And then with Cam Newton, who was already not the player he used to be, like this is just not a good team. And well, yeah, and it's the like- Dolphins bizarrely might end up being seven and seven. Like this team could make the playoffs yeah. despite starting so poorly. No, yeah, I mean, I mean, this Dolphins team was one and seven. They're now six and seven after winning five straight. You know, they are. They're still. Oh, a, they're five and seven. They got two. They got two weeks though that are pretty easy. They play like the Jets. Oh, oh, oh yeah, the, they're, they're they're five and seven. Okay, so anyway, so they've they've won four straight. That's impressive against any teams, right? To sort of get that consistency together. Yeah, I mean, this is a team that I would. I would not be surprised if they were the seventh seed, right? I mean, you know, you're sort of looking at these teams that are in the wild card hunt right now. You have Cincinnati, Buffalo, 
and the Chargers are in right now, and then you've got the Raiders, the Broncos, the Colts, the Browns, it's like you know, then then the Dolphins. But it's like I think the Dolphins are they have an outside chance of being you know in there with any of those teams, right? Like none of those teams are so much better than the Dolphins, and the Dolphins, you know, I think yeah. that you know, like we talk about consistency, that you know, something I think is sort of really underrated is how important momentum is, right? That like when a team believes in themselves, when a team, you know, is playing well, you know, you know, I mean, some of these things, right? That like, you know, if a quarterback has chemistry with his receivers, you know, it's like that improves the more a team wins and the more that a team, you know, wins, the more their consistency improves, right? And so like, you know, the Dolphins are getting hot at the right time to sort of to try to, you know, get that seven seed. And the Panthers, they have completely fallen apart and yeah i think a lot you're right a lot of it has to do with a lot of it has to do with the fact that their their offensive line is so bad they haven't had a quarterback that's any good yet this year right and again like christian mccaffrey he can't carry the entire team you know we're talking about that that like yeah the saints have struggled because camara is the only good guy on their team but the panthers are at a very similar place right like the panthers have some like okay receivers but it's like none of those guys i would trust to be a number one receiver or even a number two right like dj moore he'd be a good slot guy on like a contending team right like he's not he's not going to be a number one receiver on any team in the league except for like really bad ones you know and 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 like that becomes the issue the panthers have right is that they just don't have you know they don't have any like really good players other than a running back and you know the running like a running back is not enough to make your team yeah a really good team and you know, obviously they've you know they're they've now tried you know three different quarterbacks to play you know this year, obviously with Darnold and PJ Walker, and then you know bringing in Cam. And I think that you know a lot of people you know last week were really in on or two weeks ago were really in on Cam, and we're like, oh, you know he's gonna you know turn this team around. But the answer is that he's not right. Like you know teams weren't stupid for not having him before. Like he's he's not at the level he was before. He's not at a level to really be a game changer anymore. And it's like, you know, teams were smart to not have him on their roster. And, you know, I think that it's unfortunate for him. I think, you know, he's a guy who I like a lot, but, you know, he's very much done. And I think that's sort of emblematic of the Panthers season. You know, there's a lot of hope going into it and they got off to a good start and it's kind of all all downhill from there. Yeah. I, I think for me, I think that Cam Newton is more indicative of like, Again, I think he's by far like the better option than Darnold, but is more the issue that the Panthers thought they were a quarterback away, but they're really they need to restructure a little bit more of their team. I think the defense is still okay, but the Dolphins defense just really dominated this game and yeah. they were able to set up the Dolphins in short field and, and Tua is is balling right now. Like yeah. again, twenty seven to thirty one is not a like with not a lot of touchdowns, but that's such a high completion percentage. He's so efficient with the ball and so accurate. Yeah, and I, he like able to keep the team out of danger, and they're playing well now. Yeah, no, and it's it's like yeah, he he didn't do any amazing stats, right? But it's like like I said, like right around two hundred yards and a super high completion percentage, and no 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 turnovers, like. That's all you can ask out of a young quarterback, right? That it's like, you know, yeah. you built a team around him, right? You have, you know, Miles Gaskett and Philip Lindsay who, you know, together are a good running back, right? Like, you yeah. know, obviously like neither of them is carrying the ball a ton, but you know, Miles Gaskin is really good with, with some of that, you know, short yardage and 
you know, first down stuff, and Philip Lindsay is more of a like, you know, you the know, speed thir- guy. Yeah, like a like a third down, and you know, you know, guy who can guy who could do some pass blocking and also run some draws and stuff, right? And so it's like, you know, together they have like one good running back between the two of them, which is, yeah, you know, like well, together they have like one one really good running back, right? Like, and mm-hmm. you have a quarterback that is, you know. A, learn, a growing quarterback who's, you know, making good plays and sort of keeping them in games and, you know, not doing turnovers and stuff. It's like, this is, I think, you know, I think we had a, sort of high expectations for the Dolphins going into the year, but this is kind of, you know, where you'd want to be if you were the Dolphins, I'd think, right? You, they're a team yeah. that is, you know, playing playing well. They seem to be getting better every week, which is, you know, what you want. And, yeah, I think that, you know, if this is a team that is, you know, in the seventh seed of the playoffs, you know, I wouldn't want to face them, you know, now, like yeah. they've, they've gotten so much better. And, you know, if they get in and they're the seventh seed, you know, and they have to play the Patriots, which is like a division game, you know, like that, that's a scary first round matchup for the Patriots. You know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, yeah. I wouldn't want to play that game if I was the Patriots. Um, and, you know, so that's, you know, and that's the Dolphins, they're just getting better every week. So it's like, I, if they continue to get better. I think they could be a really scary team in the playoffs and then i think they're also kind of like the Bengals. they're you know a year or two away from being real contenders but they're yeah they're, they're, they're a pretty scary team now and it's like you know the team seems to get along very well and seem to be built well and you know they're you know getting close to being a very good team i think yeah uh speaking of teams that uh that play well week to week a team that is not that is the eagles uh because yeah. the eagles are were trash this week Despite looking pretty good the last couple of weeks, uh, what is going on with the Eagles? Do you have any idea? Um, I mean, they just have zero amount of consistency because their entire offense runs through Hurts, mm-hmm. and he's basically a rookie quarterback. Like I've said this before, and I stand by it, that he didn't, you know, he didn't play at all last year, and the team was so dysfunctional last year that it doesn't really count. You know, it doesn't count that he got to like, you know, it's like not like you know, because like when Patrick Mahomes, you know sat for a year he sat behind Alex Smith who's like a league average quarterback and he's like a very smart guy and stuff you know Jalen Hurts sat behind Carson Wentz who had the worst year in the last 15 years of NFL history on a team that was like the most dysfunctional team we've seen in like multiple decades in the NFL right like you know every week the story was like the owner hates the GM the GM hates the coach the coach hates the players. The players hate each other. The players hate yeah. the GM. You know, it's like every week that was a story out of the Eagles, right? So it's like really Jalen Hurts basically is a rookie in my mind, you know? Yeah. Last year doesn't count. He didn't play. The team was in chaos. So he's basically a rookie. So when your offense is, hey, this rookie is our leading passer. This rookie is our leading rusher. Yeah. If he has a bad game, your team you, can't you're, score you're gonna, points. You're going to lose. Yeah. <laughs> and... You know, I mean, I, I you know, I, I think I think obviously you should be really excited for this as a Cowboys fan that even if I'm you so start stoked. to lose, the one team that I'm can so kind glad of that they suck. yeah, you know, it's like the one team that's kind of like you know could catch you maybe if you keep dripping, they're, they're dropping games. So even if the Cowboys continue to not play great, they still pretty much have guaranteed their division lockdown now, which is you know what you want. But yeah, with, with these Eagles, it's like. It's like it's like, you know, there's no consistency week to week because, you know, good teams, consistent teams, teams that win regardless of how their players play are teams that are, 
you know, built around an entire team on offense, right? You know, you've got multiple running backs that are part of the game. You have, you know, at least three receivers that are constantly getting catches and a tight end and, you know, all of these things, right? And teams that, you know, are able to win week to week. Teams that, you know, struggle with consistency, it's because they're built around players that are inconsistent. And you just can't win games if you're relying on one guy to do all of your passing and all of your rushing, basically. And, oh, by the way, he's basically a rookie and he's, you know, hasn't been in a lot of these situations before. So, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I mean, again, I think this Eagles team, you know, they, they're not like horrible like I thought they were going to be, but yeah. they're they're just not bad. A, yeah, it's not good. Yeah, they're just somewhere like you know, you know, and again, the fact that they're, the fact that they're like you know five and seven, you know, that's about right for how this team plays, right? That they're, you know, for every game they win, you know, they lose a little bit more than that, right? You know, it's not quite, you know win a game, lose two, obviously, because they're better than that, right? But it's, you know, somewhere right around that, right? If this team is, you know, 6-11 and 11 or, you know... 5-7. and se- Yeah, 7-10 uh, seven, seven and... and or whatever, right? It's like, okay, that makes sense to me, right? That this team, you know, they look good some weeks, they look bad some weeks. And, you know, I mean, if you just sort of look at their scores, like, you know, it's almost a surprise that this is like the same team, right? That it's like... Literally, they scored 40 points against the Saints, and then they can only score seven against the Giants, who are a worse defense. Like, oh yeah, the Giants' defense is is still a little underrated, just because they they play well. Like yeah. they play, they have especially their the interior of that defense is good, and the Eagles, who their primary strength right now is their running their running game. And when you have a really good interior line, that hurts your team. No pun intended. But like, man. Man, oh man, this team really struggles when Hertz isn't just dominating. Yeah. You know, so like, and that's and that's kind of the problem is like you need Hertz to dominate, but he's a like you said a rookie quarterback, and how much can you expect a rookie quarterback to really dominate a game? Yeah, and especially how can you expect him to do it week to week? Because he he did, you know, in the in the, in the Saints game, he played incredible, you know, and they scored and they put up forty points on a Saints defense that's you know not horrible. But then, you know, the, the next week he can't repeat that performance because he just he doesn't have the experience, doesn't have the consistency to do that. I mean, yeah, yeah, you know, and obviously just to touch on the Giants real fast, I mean, obviously the Giants, you know, they did all right. I mean, you know, they scored, you know, one offensive touchdown on, which was like a really good drive, their drive they had. I think it was their first drive after halftime or maybe there was yeah. one other was drive like one after their you know, and I, you know, and that was a very good. Other than that, the offense was kind of, you know, absent for a lot of that game, and but you know they did what they had to do to win because yeah, I think you're right. The defense is, you know, a very good defense. You know, relative to sort of their win loss record because their offense is not so good. You yeah. know, and and you know they were able to come up. You know, and they what they had how many turnovers did they force three. Four turnovers. Three, I think. Four turnovers, because there was a three interceptions in the fumble. Yeah, um, you know, and so like, like, like that level of you know forcing those turnovers and all of that. You know, I mean, the fact that they were you know winning for almost the entire game. You know, they got a they got a field goal pretty early on, and they never let the lead go. Like, you know, 
that shows that this team is, you know, you know, not not necessarily totally 100% falling apart, you know, just because yeah. their offense can be crazy and because their defense is very good and the offense, you know, has good pieces on it and looks good sometimes. It's just, you know, they're super duper inconsistent and that's why they're, you know, have an even worse record than the Eagles. But I mean, I feel like the Eagles and the Giants, they're sort of the same team in my head, other than obviously the Eagles have the excuse that Jalen Hurts is basically a rookie and the Giants just have Daniel Jones yeah. who's just not good, you Bad. know. Yeah. But it's like other than that, they're they're pretty much the same team in my mind, right? In terms of they're like yeah. a team that's gonna finish with a close to five hundred record, right? They're gonna be, you know, you know, six and eleven, seven and ten, eight and nine, something like that, right? But it's like yeah, they just don't have the ability and the consistency to be good enough to be, you know, sort of knocking on the playoff picture, and that's sort of both teams. So, um, all right, let's jump ahead to um, Patriots thirty six, Titans thirteen. Uh, yeah, Patriots they continue to look very good every week. Yeah, um, I think Mac Jones did a lot in this game to sort of you know silent some of the critiques of him being like not good at passing because he had you know i mean especially it was just such a bad argument from the start <laughs> yeah i mean people just sort of want an excuse to you know shit on somebody for being good when you thought they were going to be bad or right? i think everybody sort of wants to assume that their priors are correct right but it's like he did a very good job you know with that touchdown in the corner and with that you know crazy first down you know he had a very good day passing um which is good because the, the run game, you know, was, you know, hit and miss and they didn't run the ball a ton. Um, but yeah, just, just a good performance. And another example of the Titans not being able to play the offense they want to play when they're behind. And yep. because they don't have Derrick Henry, they can't control the game. So they end up behind sometimes, right? And they ended up behind, yep. you know... I mean, really for good, they ended up behind, you know, start of the third quarter when the Patriots got, you know, the early touchdown and the field goal in the third quarter, and then they were behind. And it's pretty difficult to come back, you know, when when, when, when at that point they were down by, you know, like 13 in the third quarter. You can't play the, mm-hmm. t- the Titans offense when you're down by 13, right? That just, you, you can't yeah. do that. And the, the, again, the, the Titans kind of ran into a brick wall for a team for them because the Patriots MO for the last several years has been right we, Bill Belichick's always like I'm going to take away your strength which is okay I'm going to take away your run game make you beat make Ryan Tannehill have to beat us yeah and they couldn't they just couldn't do it because once you take away that run game Ryan Tannehill kind of gets a little bit exposed like he only threw for 93 yards yeah and then yeah Dontrell Don Hilliard started running pretty well but I didn't watch the game enough to know if like that was just big rushes but the Patriots defense was just too dominant at forcing turnovers like you lost three fumbles as the Titans like that's four turnovers allowed and this Patriots offense is consistent enough Mac Jones is like a is he in my mind he's a little bit like a younger not nearly as dominant Drew Brees and that he's just again does he have a huge arm no but he's accurate he takes care of the football pretty well and he yeah. throws it and, and, in a way that allows the receiver to catch it so that he I mean he continues he, to keep you in, in, in the game. He doesn't yeah. like throw you out of games. 
he he makes all of the right decisions, right? You know, yeah, he's not always a hundred percent gonna make the most difficult throws. He can't throw every throw on the on the on the field. You know, he's not like, you know, one of the elite quarterbacks. But you know, he doesn't need to be, right? Like Drew Brees never could throw, you know, very deep. He could never throw any of these crazy throws. But he became, you know, a Hall of Fame quarterback by throwing by making all of the right decisions and by throwing and it's like Mac Jones is making almost all the right decisions as a rookie, right? Like this guy is yeah. a guy who can only get better and he's already making almost all the right decisions and not forcing throws. And then he can get games like this, right? Where he gets 300 yards because he makes a couple of, you know, a little bit riskier throws, but because he's throwing it right to where only the receiver can catch it, it doesn't matter yeah. that he's taking some risks, right? You know, his, his, his- Ball placement is fantastic. His ability yeah. to put a ball right where a receiver can catch it in stride and only where receivers can catch it is very, very good. Yeah, no, he doesn't have like a crazy, he's not crazy athletic, he doesn't have a crazy arm, but he has, he's so accurate. He throws the ball and he throws it exactly where he wants to throw it. And that is like an incredibly underrated skill. But you, 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 you know, you can't, obviously you can like practice, but it's, you know, it's something that you, you know, you can't improve it a ton, right? Like quarterbacks that are really good at accuracy are their entire career and ones that are inaccurate, like they can get better, but yeah. they can't get like super good. And so that's the scary thought of, you know, having to play against Mac Jones is that, mm-hmm. you know, he's not going to, you know, make a throw that you can basically ever intercept. Right. Like, unless he like really makes a mistake or like there's a couple of times earlier in the year where he like tried to throw a pass that he couldn't like try to throw it far and he couldn't throw that far or whatever, but he's getting better mm-hmm. at that. And he's making throws where, yes, yeah, some of them, the receiver can't catch it because, you know, it's maybe too tight of a space or the receiver has to turn around or whatever. But he's throwing it where the defensive back is not anywhere close to the ball. And so that does it. Yeah, and I and I think with the Titans, you're totally right. Like, the Titans' running game was actually, you know, pretty good in terms of he had two guys over 100 yards. But when you're down, th- that doesn't help you get back in a game, right? If you can't throw the ball, you can't get back in the game. And that's the problem, yeah, like, right, is that, you know, I think the Patriots' defense was kind of allowing the run in the third and fourth quarter. Yeah, because they have such a big lead. They don't need to. Yeah, because they're like, Actually, sure. The game was somewhat close around the yeah, the end of the third and the fourth because then they, that's when they started scoring 10. They started generating turnovers. You see that they first forced them to throw, and then as they started taking the lead, they let them, yeah, you can run the football if you want, but you're going to run out of time. Yeah, right, right, yeah. We'll we'll let you run the ball four or five yards a carry because we know you can't come back on us by just driving down the field, you know, just running the ball, you know, four or five yards. And so they let them do that. And because Tannehill was struggling, they kind of, the Titans wanted to do that. And then it's just, you know, they were unable to score it all in the second half, obviously, you know, partly because what they have, they have three fumbles or two fumbles. I had three, they had three, three fumbles. lost fumbles. Yeah. I, I, so I, I think it was two two fumbles in the interception were in the second half, right? So it's like, you got three turnovers and you can't throw the ball. You're not going to do a comeback. And I think, you know, the Titans, you know, they've pretty much, you know, guaranteed to win their division now. And so it's for them, I think they need to work on, you know, without Derrick Henry, you know, can we, you know, show a consistency and be able to get off to leads in games so we're not coming from behind. And then, yeah. you know, if they can do that, this team could beat anybody, right? If they get a lead, they can beat anybody. But if they 
Lou, if they get off to a slow start, they can't because their offense is so dependent on them just running the ball, and you can't just run the ball when you're playing from behind. Yeah. Um, it, like, it was a rough game for the Titans, but the Patriots yeah. are one of the best teams in the AFC right now. They're dominating. Yeah, no, the, the, the Patriots are really good, and I, and I think like the Dolphins, but obviously they have a better record, so it's even more impressive. They're, they seem to be getting better every week, and that's partly because, again, when you have a young quarterback, what gets them better is game experience, right? It's not, you know, practice to some extent and all of this, but, you know, game experience. When the coach can come and say, hey, remember when you saw that in a game last week? Now we can sort of learn about it, right? And so having a young quarterback getting better every week, that means the teams are even more scary as they reach the playoffs, and the Patriots are already the two seed, which means they're already a scary team. And they only seem to be getting better. So a lot of concern if you're an AFC team fan. Um, but let's jump ahead. One of the worst teams in the AFC, the Jaguars. Yeah, worst team in you know the history of football. Uh, we got Falcons 21, Jaguars 14. Um, and Trevor Lawrence finally got his first touchdown in six games, which, you know, good for him. Um, yeah. But, yeah, I mean, this game was pretty much – exactly what I thought it was going to be, which is, you know, the Falcons' offense is okay, and the Jaguars' de- offense is horrible, and both of their defenses are pretty bad. And, yep. you know, you get to a point where the Falcons are just sort of able to do just enough to get a win. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. Do you have any thoughts on bad teams aren't going to make the playoffs because I don't have very many thoughts. Not much on these teams. Like The main thing is the, the Jaguars, they just need a whole – they need to do a whole lot this offseason with firing a bunch of people. Yeah. Uh, and, like, their GM needs to get fired. There's a lot. And the Falcons, yeah, they need to do a lot of firing too. Like, these teams yeah. are just both really, really not good. They're yeah, both I mean, bad. I mean, like I've said this a bunch, right? The Falcons, they're very much sort of in no man's land, right, of – you know, they're better than all the bad teams, but they're worse than all of the okay teams, right? They're just sort of in that yeah. level between. It's like there's pretty much no way that I could see the Falcons making the playoffs, much less being competitive, right? You know, that it's like you could sort of look, you know, that the Falcons, you know, obviously most teams are still mathematically in the playoffs, right? The Falcons, you know, they're like technically, they're like the nine, they'd be the nine seed right now, right? But it's like you look any of these first round matchups, right? If, you know, if 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 the if the Falcons played the Packers or the Bucks or the Cowboys, they'd get blown out, right? Like this, oh, is, yeah. this team is, you know, they're not necessarily bad, but they're also not good, and that's the concern because it's like, you know, where are you going to be drafting if you're, you know, are you going to be drafting at like ten? Because who are you going to get at ten, right? That's the concern, right? If you yeah. can't, you know, and so it'll be interesting to see what the Falcons do. Um. I think it's probably time for the Falcons to move past Matt Ryan just because there's no point to have a you know quarterback that's making as much money as him when you're not going to be a contending team, right? So, yeah, um, yeah, the Jaguars are horrible and the Falcons are maybe in a worse position because they're just okay. And, you know, nobody wants to go play for them, right, because their team sort of is – you know, a little bit in chaos, right? And they're not a contender, so no one wants to go play for them, but they don't get good draft picks. So, you know, two teams that are not in good situations, uh, we'll have to see uh, going forward 
what's up with them. Now on to a good game against two teams that are actually pretty good. Uh, we have Buccaneers 38, Colts 31. Um, yeah. Sort of the opposite of that game, uh, which is that, you know, two teams did really well and the team that's a little bit better just hung on in the end. So, you know, yep. in a lot of ways, the inverse of the other game, um, you know, great Gronk was back, didn't get a touchdown, but still had a really good game with 123 receiving yards. That's, you know, really good for a tight end. Um, and, you know, a very, very good game for Leonard Fournette. Um, did he have all of the touchdowns for the Bucks? Uh, no, he didn't have all of them, but he had four. How many did they have? Did Five. They, did they Ronald Jones Oh, yeah, Ronald Jones had – he also had the rushing touchdown. Sorry, I missed that. Yeah, but still incredible, you know, a four-touchdown game with, you know, 100 yards and three touchdowns rushing, and then, you know, he was the second-leading receiver. So, you know, he's really – that's been sort of the story of the Bucks this year for me is how much Leonard Fournette has gotten in and made a difference. Yeah. Um, you know, because I think that, you know – everybody sort of looks at all of the good receivers and tight ends they have, but Leonard Fournette, I think in a lot of ways is the most important piece of this offense. Just in the fact that he's the sort of the, he's the connective tissue, right? That like, yeah. because Brady's not throwing the ball downfield as much as he used to, obviously he can still throw deep, you know, a couple times a game, but you rely on the running back a lot more. You know, the fact that he's, you know, even the fact that a running back's catching the ball seven times, right? That's, you know, that shows his importance to the offense, right? That he's getting seven rushes and 17 rushes and seven receptions. Like, that shows how important he is to the offense. So, you know, mm-hmm. good, good, great game for him, I think. Um, and obviously, on the Colts, um, you know, a, another good performance uh, by Jonathan Taylor. Um, and then, you know, I mean, obviously, the difference in this game, obviously, at least in my opinion, is the turnovers, right? That the Bucks didn't do good. The Bucks had one fumble and one interception. But the Colts had five turnovers. Yeah. Three fumbles and two interceptions. Like, that, that's the difference, right? In a close game like this against a team that... Turnovers are everything, man, in a close game. Yeah, especially in a game like this where, you know, the Bucks are not playing maybe to 100%, so... You know, these teams are pretty equ- evenly matched, right? You know, when you're watching this game, you're like, oh, wow, these teams look pretty similar in terms of their offensive, you know, capabilities and stuff. But when you're turning the ball over as much as the Colts are, you can't expect to win, right? You have to be so much better than a team to turn the ball over five times and still win. And the Colts are probably the slightly worst team going into this game just in terms of form and stuff. And so... You know, that's the struggle because this Colts team, you know, if you sort of look at the playoff picture, this Colts team, they're down in 10 right now. But I think, you know, when the Colts play their best, they're as good as any of the teams that are in the wild card spots. But they're just not able to win games, you know, at the level, at the consistency and at the level that some of these other teams are, right? I mean, the fact that they you know, lost to the Titans twice. It's like, this is a team that is pretty evenly matched with the Titans, but they're not going to win their division. They have no chance because they were swept by the Titans. And it's like, that's the level of this team that you're like, you'd be concerned if you were a fan of them, right? That it's like, this team is 
better than their record shows, but the record shows that because they just they can't finish games. They can't be consistent, and that's the yep. most important thing in the NFL is finishing games, winning when you can't, you know, winning when you're, you know, that's struggling yeah. and all of that stuff. And the Colts, they can't. The, I mean, the Colts, they're it's the Colts and the Vikings are in the same camp for me, right? Of teams, we'll get to the Vikings in a minute, but of teams that are just not able to win when they need to and not able to be consistent. And that's what's concerning about it because, you know, being better than your record, that's not a compliment. That's an insult, right? That's showing that it's like you should be better, but you're not. And that's not a good thing. That's a very bad thing in my opinion. I, I think that the – trying to move on quickly. Yeah. I just think that the Colts, again, they – like you said, consistency is the key. They haven't been able to be consistent this season. Uh, partially, I think, because they're quarterback and partially because they, they they're, some of their talent on defense hasn't stepped up, even though they have DeForest Buckner and uh, Leonard, who are playing like all pro-level players right now. Yeah, very good. Uh, it's just the inconsistency of the team and their quarterback, I think, hold them back from being a really, really good playoff team this year. Yeah. But going on to one of the worst games of the year. Yeah, we have Jets 21, Jets, Texans. Texans 14, um, Zach Wilson had the most embarrassing pick I've seen all year. That was a bad one. Yeah, I don't know if you saw it, but he threw it at a running back who wasn't looking at him. At him, after like, so he was scrambling for the ball, went and threw it, and it hit the running back who was turned away in the shoulder, popped up, and a Texans guy picked it off. Yeah, I mean, that's just sort of emblematic of this horrible season for the Jets. It seems yeah. to get worse. I mean, like they won this week, and that's like I still think this. This team came off looking worse, even in a win. Like that's pretty. You got to be pretty bad for that to happen. Oh yeah. It's one team had a side of the ball that actually looked, eh, mildly competent, which is the Jets' defense. Looked okay. <laughs> yeah, like, but you're playing the Texans, so. Yeah. You know, if the Jets' defense was actually any good. You know, the Jets would have won, you know, 21 to nothing, right? But the Jets' defense is just okay. And so they managed to, you know, hold the Texans to two touchdowns, which is, like, good, I guess. But, like, it's the Texans, you know? This yeah. Is a team, this is one of the few teams that Jets probably actually should beat. And they know? did, but yeah. it was not a great win. Yeah, no, they did beat them, but in a in a unconvincing performance, I would say, right? That it's like if the Jets, you know, were going to be any good, they would be winning this game by a lot. And, you know, the Jets seem to, like I said, they seem to, like, look worse every game, even when they get their wins, right? It's like other than, like, you know, when they beat, like, you know, the Titans, that was, like, the only, like, good game they played all year. And, yeah, I mean, they, yeah, this team also hits the category of, you got a lot. They got a lot to figure out. Um, you know, I but think at least they're not the Texans. <laughs> yeah, at least they're not the Texans. Texans have quite a bit to figure out, including you know legal issues and stuff. So we won't get into that too much. Um, let's jump ahead to um, it, probably, in my opinion, the shock upset of the week, which is Broncos twenty-eight, Chargers thirteen. Definitely the upset of the week. Um. And it wasn't even close. No. It was a blowout. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, this, this, you know, the score, you know, 
the score doesn't really represent, you know, how the game at least felt, right? It just felt like, you know, the Broncos were sort of in control of the game the entire game. Um, and, you know, that's the concern if you're the Chargers, right? As we, go, we get back to consistency, right? The Chargers, they're right in there, you know, in the playoff picture. They're the seventh seed if the season ended today. Yeah. But you can't play like this against against a Broncos team that is, you know, obviously they're, they're at the same record now after this game, but it's like the Chargers, you know, if you want to be, you know, consistently and in the and in the playoffs, you need to be winning games like this and not, you know, turning the ball over as much as they did and, you know, I mean, yeah, it's just it's such a such a poor performance, you know. I mean, the fact that you know, Herbert was the leading rusher. That's never good when your quarterback's the leading rusher, you know, and just, you know, pretty terrible third down consistency and and all of this stuff, you know, three turnovers, turnover on downs and two interceptions. I mean, you know, this, Broncos defense played lights out though. Yeah. The Broncos defense has really stepped up and played pretty well the last couple games. And they're also rushing the ball pretty effectively as well. So this is a team that like They've gone from being like a really good team at the beginning of the year to really bad to even worse, and now they're looking like a team that could eventually, could potentially make the playoffs. Not yeah. eventually, potentially. And I think a lot of that rests on like this secondary, which is pretty young, outside of uh, Adoree Jackson getting better with time. Patrick Sertan is looking really, really yeah, good. Yeah, obviously he was like by far the player of the game in this game. You know, he had... He was the player of the, the week for AFC Defensive yeah, Player Yeah, he was, he was even My, AFC Defensive Player of the Week. Yeah, you know, but obviously, you know, two incredible two incredible interceptions and, you know, just a couple other really good tackles and stuff. Like, you know, I think that he was sort of the difference maker in this game in a lot of ways. Um, yeah, I think you're right. The Broncos' defense is, seems to be getting you know, better every week because it's a lot of young guys that haven't played together, you know, and so a lot of them, that, you know, sort of melding is yeah. is, is the answer. I mean, I think that, you know, the interesting thing, right, is with the, with the AFC West, right, it seems like all of the teams are, you know, pretty, pretty close together in terms of, you know, other than the Chiefs, you know, seem to be a little bit a step ahead of them, you know, now they've sort of got their wins back right but it's like you know i mean right now currently in the standings the chargers are seven in the seventh in the afc the raiders are eighth the broncos are ninth right like these teams are all so close together and so like this is a huge win for denver because division wins count double right not only are you getting a win you are yeah. forcing a loss onto your division rival right and also, they're they're a rival for the wild card spot, right? So, in a lot of ways, it's sort of a game that counts triple, right? And so, the fact that the Broncos were able to get up and, you know, make a difference, you know, and yeah, Teddy Bridgewater didn't play amazing, you know, but he didn't, you know, he didn't turn the ball over, he didn't do any of that stuff, and yeah, you know, they were able to run the ball and they were able to, you know, do all of that, so. Yeah, the Broncos seem to be getting better, which is good. And then the Chargers, you know, who knows? They're sort of a coin flip team, in my opinion, of like, are they going to be good? And are they going to be, you know, or are they going to, you know, be poor and, you know, turn the ball over a bunch? I think I think that, that is, you know, sort of what we talked about with the, with the Eagles, right? Is that, 
when you have a young quarterback, a lot of it comes down to how much, you know, are you relying on them? And if you rely on one guy and they're a young quarterback, well, your team's going to struggle some weeks. And that's all the, that's all there is to it. And so I think the Chargers are also, they're a team that is a couple of years away from being a contender. And this is a good example of that, right? They're not there yet. You know, everybody is excited about them, and I am too, but they're just, they're not there yet. And, you know, they're a ways away from being there, I think. I think that, yeah, I think the Chargers' main thing that they need to address is their defense. Uh, they have some good pieces on that defense, but it's just been so bad, especially against the rush. Yeah. Like, they have to go into the draft and really draft a great linebacker. Because yeah. they're, if they have, like, if you have Derwin James in your backfield, is really good. Joey Bosa off the edge. And you have a really good linebacker, not even like an all-pro, but just a, a guy who can plug up the middle and help stop the run in the middle of the field. That allows Derwin James to step back out of the box. This team, I think, could have a really good defense, but they're just not playing very well right now. Yeah, I mean, and I think it is. You're right. They're asking people to do stuff they're not comfortable doing. They're asking too much of some of their players who just don't have guys in there. And so that's what I'm talking about, that they're, they're a couple of years away from being a good team, right? Yeah, you know, get a good, you know, get a good um, linebacker, you know, maybe get a number one receiver, you know, fill some of the holes on the line and you have a team that, you know, once everyone's playing in their preferred preferred position, this team yeah. could be really good, but they're not going to be good with people not playing where they want to do and, you know, all the chaos and stuff that comes with that. So they're definitely a team for the future. Uh, let's jump ahead to yeah. a couple of ga- a game that, you know, a big game in the wild card uh, race this week. Uh, we have 49ers 34, Vikings 26. Um, yeah. This is, you know, this is what I was talking about with earlier. The Vikings, they're the perfect example of a team that is so much better than their record. Yeah. You know, I think the Vikings are legitimately, you know, one of the best teams in the NFC, just in terms of talent on their team. But the fact, yeah. the fact that they're not even in the playoff picture right now. If the season ended today, the Vikings, what the Vikings are, the Vikings are the are eight, right? So they're just outside eight, yeah. of the playoffs. And... That is like so scary because this team, with all of the talent, all of the good pieces on their team, this team should be like contending for their division. But they're down mm-hmm. here, you know, at five and six. You know, that's like the same record as yeah. teams that I think are like bad. And so I don't know. Like, I'd want to talk to a Vikings fan and just figure out like what's going wrong, you know? Well, I will say one thing that the, the Niners are looking even more and more dangerous every week, which I know you hate and you might not believe, but like, well, I don't care. We've already beat them twice this year. So uh, <laughs> we, don't, we don't, we don't have to play them uh, anymore. So they can get better all they want now. They found a way to run the football. They're running yeah. the football really well. The Vikings are just, yeah, it's like just like the kind of like the Colts inconsistent, not able to dominate. And they like just can't find a way to put it together. Like, consistently and that defense especially is just so up and down like some games the whole team's to 15 and other games they'll let up give up 34 to a team that's on its fourth string running back and yeah i I think that the vikings are really limited by their quarterback play because kirk cousins is average and their defense which is also just about average and when you play against a team that is that dominated the way that they did like you're like in the niners especially on the offensive line where they ran the ball effectively and really played physical football, this team, can you're just going to get punished. And that's yeah. kind of the way that this game ended up going. Uh, I think that the Niners 
are a potential dark horse team to make the playoffs just because if you play that kind of aggressive offensive uh, domination football by running the, the running it, you are going to be able to keep yourself in games. And it seems like they've been able to establish that a little bit over the last couple of weeks. Yeah, no, I mean, I mean, I think that if you sort of look at the four Niners last six games, you know, they've got, you know, they've got the Seahawks, which they should win. They've got the Bengals, which is a winnable game if they can play their form of offense. They've got the Falcons, which they should win. They've got a Titans, which is probably a toss-up. Texans, which they should win. And then Rams, which even if you give them a loss against the Titans and the Rams, you're still giving them four more wins. You know, that's going to put them, you know, that's going to put them at 10 and 7. That's going to get you the playoffs, I'm pretty sure, right, if you're 10 and 7. So all the 49ers need to do is win the games they're supposed to win, and they, they're guaranteed basically to be in the playoffs right now, right? And, you know, the Vikings have like a much, tough, much, much tougher schedule, right? The Vikings, you know, they have to play, you know, the Rams and the Packers, and they got, they got to play the Bears twice, but like, you know, that's a, you know, it's a division game, right? And so looking at that, that it's like, I would definitely pick, you know, even though I think the Vikings are a better team, the 49ers... They're they're probably a better chance of making the playoffs just because they're they're playing you know they got an easier schedule going forward and their game matches up against well against a lot of teams right in terms of being able to run the ball and you know all the stuff they do right in terms of running runs and short passes and stuff it's you know it, it's a scary thing to play against if you don't have a defense that's really prepared to stop this kind of offense. Yeah. It's- it's going to be the Vikings. I think are going to play themselves out of the playoffs just because again, like kind of like the Colts, that inconsistency comes yeah. back to bite you in the end when there's like, you look back at your schedule, there's two or three games that you really should have won, but you let slip through your fingers. I don't know if they'll make the playoffs, but if they do, but that's with both of these teams, both of these teams, I wouldn't want to play in the playoffs. If like, that's a first round matchup because yeah. again, not that they should win, but they have the talent to beat you. Yeah. And, and it's like, especially like, if the Vikings are the seven seed, that they're like a extremely scary seven seed, right? Like, you know, that's like the worst reward for coming in second, right? Is oh, you get to play the Vikings, right? Yeah. You know, especially like if it's the Packers, if they're still the number two seed at the end of the season, you know, then like having to play a team who you're their division games, so you know it's going to be tough for you to play against them, and this is a team that is. You know, so much better than their record. That means that they could be they could be any team in the league, right? Like they're that good. They can yeah. be any team in the league if they play good and play good. And so when it comes down to it, like if they make the playoffs, which I'm I think is probably kind of a little bit unlikely at this point, but it's still it is you know they'd be a very very scary team to have to play up against. Um, all right. Well, speaking of playoffs, we've got a, two teams that are almost certainly going to make the playoffs. Uh, we have Packers 36, Rams 28. Uh, Rams have now lost three straight games in a row. Everybody talks about how they think the Rams, you know, have gotten so much better with their in-season, uh, you know, moves they've made, but they keep losing. So I don't know. Do, do, you, do you have really any answers on the Rams other than a lot of it, I think, in my opinion, is it's just reversion to the mean for players like Stafford and Cup that were playing so, so, so good at the beginning of the year that you just can't keep that up because they're they're not, like, the best in the league. They look like that for, you know, 
three or four weeks. Cup's really good. I, I think that for me, it's like it, I think Stafford is a good quarterback. I just don't think he's again. People were saying like he's top five. I'm like I just never thought he was that great. Yeah, like he wasn't. He's never a bad quarterback. Like you can definitely win a Super Bowl with him, but he's not Aaron Rodgers. He's not Russell Wilson. He's not. He's not like Tom Brady was a couple years ago. Like he's not one of these top five guys in the league. And the main thing for me is that the Rams' defense is just not good. No. They are, for the amount of talent that they have on that team, especially their corners, like, uh, what is it? Something Douglas. I can't remember their their other corner's name. See if I can find it. Uh, Dar- no, Darius Williams. Sorry, my bad. Oh, I don't know what okay. I was thinking of Douglas. Um, <laughs> who, who knows? I think, well, there's, I think there's another corner named Douglas in the league, but I'm mixing them up. But Darius Williams and, and Jalen Ramsey is the best corner duo in the league right now. And the fact that they can't stop anybody, because and you have Aaron Donald on the interior, who's one of the best defenders to come out of in the NFL in the last twenty years, and they can't stop anybody. Yeah, especially like they struggle against the run, which with an interior pass rush, you'd expect that you can do pretty well against that. And like, I don't really know, and it might just be because the Packers are that good. I believe the Packers are the best team in football right now, the way that they're playing. Yeah, I mean, um, I mean, they're definitely in in the conversation, right? I mean, there's no no yeah. doubt about it. Wait, for me, it's the what I think makes them the best is that they're still missing their two best defenders, like Jair Alexander and um, Zadarius Smith are still not playing. Yeah, like this team is not fully healthy, and they are dominating as much as they are. Like, if this team gets healthy and plays. With those guys play up to the talent level that they have shown in the last couple of years, I don't know if there's a team in the league that can beat these guys. Um, it's going to be a really tough out, especially if like I think they're the number one seed in the a- NFC. Oh. I, actually, they might still be the the Cardinals. Oh yeah, the Cardinals they're, number one. Yeah, they're they're the they're the two seed because uh, they're one game back from the Cardinals. But obviously, they do have the tiebreaker on the Cardinals, uh, which yeah. means that if the Cardinals get another loss then the Packers are the one C, which means they get to, you know, host home playoff games and stuff, which is, you know, very scary, scary you know. Lambeau is such a hard place to play in the, the playoffs. and Yeah, and it's like, especially if you're, you know, the 49ers or something, you know, having to play in Lambeau, which is, you know, going to be, you know, negative 10 degrees or whatever it's going to be in yeah. January. Like, you know, you don't, you don't want to play there. It's a crazy environment, you know. You don't want to have to play there you know even in good weather much less in the bad weather that you have no practice in if you're a you know team from california right like you know and so so yeah i I think i think you're right i think the packers are you know definitely they look you know they look good every week right despite you know injuries to players in their team despite you know aaron Rodgers having his toe injury which meant that he wasn't able to you know do some of the stuff that makes aaron Rodgers so good because he like you know he, he you know he, he doesn't make all of the best you know throws you know he's not like a drew Brees guy in that way but what makes him good is that he's able to you know kind of run around and you know make plays out of nothing in the same way that like patrick mahomes is good right and so giving him a, a foot injury a toe injury that makes yeah. him you know it takes away what makes aaron Rodgers so good right as a weapon and so that means that's even more scary. They were able to win convincingly against a team that, you know, I think is pretty good in the Rams, obviously, and their record says they're pretty good. Um, I mean, I think the, the issue with the Rams that I wanted to get into is that I think the concern is that 
you know, their, their strategy of building a team is just like get a bunch of really good guys, really good players. And I don't think that's necessarily the most efficient way to build a team, right? That you see that, you know, the really good, well-built teams, you know, have guys that come in and you never heard of them before they come when they break out for them. And that, yeah. you know, part of being a good, you know, general manager and building a good team is finding guys that fit your system, not finding guys that you know are good because they've, you know, had really good seasons at some, you know, somewhere or another, right? And I think that that's sort of a concern that I have for the Rams going forward is that their team doesn't seem to be built super well. Yeah. Like, they just, they're like, they're kind of like they're playing Madden. They, yeah. they, they're building based on talent and all, like, and having big names, but it's not necessarily built on sound, like, scheme, like, schematic fit. And that's where my concern is, like, Odell Beckham Jr. is a good receiver. Like, he's not bad. He's a very good receiver. Yeah. Um, but he doesn't really fit with this team when you just had Robert Woods, your slot, go down. Because, yeah, Van Jefferson's fast, but he's more of an outside guy. He's not a great slot receiver well, Van unless Van he's running a, a, a seam route across the middle where he can drag. Yeah. You know what I mean? But Yeah, no, it's like Van Jefferson's, he never played slot, so now you're kind of forcing him to play a position he can't play. You know, yeah, it, and he has the speed to do it, but that's not his position. Yeah, right? he hasn't so, played there, right? You know, I, I, I mean, it very much is. Yeah, like, 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 you know, you said, like, you know, on Madden, like, you like Ultimate Team or like building an All Star Team or whatever, right? It's like you don't expect them to necessarily play well together, right? It's like, you know, well built, good teams don't always have the best players on them because, you know, the best player, you know, the best, the best two receivers aren't necessarily compatible to play with each other, right? And that's what you're seeing with the Rams is that they have, you know, two really good corners, but they don't complement each other, right? They're sort of, they're sort of opposites in, you know, or they're sort of the same, the same player in a lot of ways, right? Which means that they, it's difficult, you know, it's easier to play against them than it would be if they were like two complementary, you know, corners. And that's the struggle of building, trying to build a team, right? That like really good teams find out how to do it in teams that are, you know, a tier below kind of struggle with that. I think the Rams have shown the last couple of weeks why they're like a tier below the really good teams in the league. Yeah, it's just that consistency is going to be kind of an issue. And they've seen, and I think a big part of it is also they can't run the football very well, which they've been able to do the last couple of years when they were really dominant. Yeah. And the Packers can beat you any way they need to. Defense can step up. Aaron Rodgers is Aaron Rodgers, and they can rush the football and play pretty physical. Um, and it's only going to get better when Aaron Jones gets healthier because he's still a little dinged up. But moving on to yeah. the next game. This game sucked. This game was really, really boring. I thought it was going to be great. Uh, but Lamar Jackson was awful, and Baker Mayfield should be in the hospital. This guy is way too injured to be playing football right now the way yeah. that he's looking. Yeah, well, and the game, just uh, for the record, is Ravens 16, Browns 10. Yeah. yeah. Um, the Ravens, they're, they're the opposite of the Vikings and the Colts. This is a team that is much worse than their record is. This and is they're team, winning despite being inconsistent. There's no way this team should be the number one team in the AFC. Yeah, no, this is a team that they win every close game, right? They win every overtime game. Except maybe one. Actually, no, they lost to the Raiders in overtime, right? But anyways, yeah. regardless, right? You know, they, they win all these close games, right? You know, they beat the Ravens by six. They beat the Bears by three. They beat the Vikings by three in overtime. 
You know, they, you know, and it's like, and then when they lose, they get, you know, blown out in a lot of these opportunities, right? You know, and so, yeah, the Ravens, they're the opposite of the Vikings and the Colts. Um, yeah, I mean, it seems to, no matter how badly they play, it seems like they just get better, which is, you know, good for them, I guess. But, I mean, it's a huge concern against if you're going to be playing any good teams going forward, right, is, you know, how can you expect to throw four interceptions and win a game? Like, you can't expect that consistently. It's just an example of Baker being so, so, so hurt and so not ready to play yeah. that, you know, they, they the Browns were unable to sort of take advantage of a bad performance by the Ravens. That was, that's sort of my Yeah, I would agree. I, think take they, away. I just think that they – yeah, it, it's because they're so banged up and their offensive line has been also pretty pretty hurt as well. They weren't able to, to come away with a win and take advantage of what's been going on with the Ravens, like with four picks. Like, and Lamar was not good this game. No, it's very bad. He was probably the worst quarterback. He was, I think he had, was probably the worst of the, the week so far. Um, there might be some other ones that were – like there were some other ones like Ryan Tannehill who were really bad. Yeah. And Cam Newton was also a, abysmal. <laughs> but like four picks is just and – they, and they weren't like, oh, like, oh, tipped balls that were in the wrong spot. So it's like a good throw. They were just like really bad throws. So yeah, Just throws that were not at all what you want. Totally yeah. off the mark. I think the Ravens are lucky to, yeah. to to be where they are. But again, there is something to say that they are able to win games. Like yeah. and the, the Browns have struggled to do that. And I think if if I hope Baker Mayfield gets another chance in Cleveland, not that he deserves like forty five million dollars, but like if he gets like, you know, fifteen million, twenty million dollars, because I think he's a good enough quarterback and that if he's healthy, I think they can do really well. Yeah, I mean, I just think that, you know, the issue with the Browns is that, like, everybody's been hurt this year. And, you you know, like, you can only do so much to, you know, have so many backups, right, before it doesn't really matter that if enough people are hurt, um, you know, you're not going to be able to win games. And that's, you know, unfortunate if you're a Browns fan, but it's, you know, what there is, you know, what there is to to expect, I guess, um, with, I mean, you know, yeah, I just, you know, there's sort of, you know, yeah, I hope that Baker Mayfield is able to, you know, recover and do better. Because I think, I think, yeah, you know, he's good enough when he's healthy to, you know, win games like this, right? And be able to keep him in games and stuff. It just, he was just so hurt. He was unable to take advantage of a horribly, horribly banged up or horribly, horribly playing Ravens team. So that is unfortunate for them. Uh, but let's move on to the Monday night game. Uh, we have uh, Washington 17, Seahawks 15, as the Seahawks continue to lose and yeah, they're you know, terrible. look just as bad they when Russell terrible. Wilson's back. No, I think that this is an example of this team is, you know, they seem to get worse every year. It's like, you know, I totally get why Russell Wilson wanted out, you know, after at the beginning of the season or in the, like the off season and stuff. Because there is nobody like this team is just not built to win at all, and yeah, I, you know like they have so much to go. Like I would not be surprised if Pete Carroll retires after this year. Like he's like the, one of the oldest coaches in the league, and the team is just in such a bad position. Like I wouldn't want to 
stay around and do a rebuild. Like I think the Seahawks, you know, being good is over for a long time. And I'm very happy about that. But, you know, you look <laughs> at this and, you, and you're like, you know, there's just nothing there. Like this is a team that really has to do a rebuild. I don't think Russell Wilson, you know, he's – how old is he? Like, I think he's like 33. 33. Yeah, it's like you, you don't want to sit around and do a four or five season rebuild if you're Russell Wilson. Like – you know, yeah. Russell Wilson would, I, you know, if I was Russell Wilson, I'd much rather say, hey, I'll, I'll go to the Giants or I'll go to the Panthers who at least have something there, right? You know, like this, like I think that if you took Russell Wilson off of the team, we saw that when he didn't play, the Seahawks are a worse team than a lot of those other teams, right? Like yeah. the Giants or the Panthers or whatever, right? Or the Broncos, right? That it's like, if I was yeah. Russell Wilson, I'd rather go to any of those three teams and stay on the Seahawks. And... You know, because it was it's like this is prime right now. Like you don't want to be on your prime on a bad team. Like you know, that's how people think that you know, you know. I mean, I mean that's you know, if you're like Philip Rivers or Eli Manning, right? That's how why people think that they're bad is because they spent their primes on yeah. bad teams, right? So it's like I don't know if Russell Wilson cares so much about you know being in the Hall of Fame or whatever, right? Or you know any of that stuff. But he I, just I, wants to win, right? That's yeah. that competitive mentality. Yeah, that, that it's like, you know, you know, a guy like Philip Rivers is a great example, right? Of a guy who was really good his whole career. He never went into the playoffs because he played on bad teams. And mm-hmm. obviously Russell Wilson already has his Super Bowl, but if he wants, you know, wants to win another one, obviously what I think every player wants to win if they, you know, and if they've already won, they want to win again. And so I think that, it, that you know, for I think the Seahawks are basically done as a franchise for, you know, a long time now because – like Russ, Russ doesn't want. I don't think he wants to be there. We saw in the off season, and you yeah. know they, they just got worse. And it's like I don't think you know. Does like you know, seventy year old Pete Carroll want to stick around for a rebuild? I don't think so. I mean, I wouldn't. I, yeah, I don't think so. You know, and so it's like it's like if you say, hey, we're getting you're getting rid of Russ, and you're getting rid of Pete Carroll. Uh, he is seventy years old. I was correct. Look at that. Yeah. Um, yeah, you you're right. Yeah. Um, you, you know, so it's like you take this team that you, and you're like, we're going to get rid of your quarterback who's like a top 10 quarterback in the league for sure. And we're going to get rid of your coach who's like one of the best coaches in the NFL. Well, this team, they got nothing then, right? Like this is a team yeah. that has hardly anything. Yeah, DK Metcalf. That's about it. Yeah, and like DK Metcalf is like a good number two receiver or like, you know, a, like a really good number three guy, right? Like I wouldn't want him to be my number one. And he's definitely the number one receiver on the Seahawks now, and that's that's part of why this team has struggled. Um, Washington actually currently, Washington has moved into the seventh seed in the playoffs, yeah. um, which, which is, is ridiculous. Yeah, they're not going to be there at the end of the season, I don't think. Probably not. But like again, the, the Seahawks team. And my favorite joke is that Russ Wilson still can't throw on the goal line, uh, but it's yeah. just that this team. Again, they live and die by Russell Wilson, and this year's proven that Russell Wilson, like every other quarterback in the NFL, is not single-handedly good enough to carry a terrible roster to the playoffs. Yes, yeah. the and only the part gets, of this. I was gonna say the roster. I was gonna say the roster gets worse every year, and Russell Wilson has to do more and more work. It's like I don't know. I don't think anybody would want to be there. You know, I will, we, I will, you know, no one would want to be the quarterback of this team, and because like it's just like you do all of the work, and your team still, you know, is not going to be really good because, you know, it's just it's just not possible when, 
you are yeah. that much of your team's offense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like the only part about this Seahawks team that's anywhere near good outside of the quarterback is the receiving core. And yep. Washington, uh, they didn't play great, but they held out for a win. Yep. Uh, you guys are kind of making a push towards the end of the season, which isn't going to be super helpful because you're going to get a worse draft pick when you don't yeah. make the playoffs. No, anyway, Washington, let's get to the game. Washington very much in the same position of the Falcons, right? They're like, yep. they're basically just okay, and that's they're not going to improve that way. But yeah, yeah we, we do have we we are in a little bit of a time crunch, so let's pick some games. Uh, Cowboy, your Cowboys headed to New Orleans to play the Saints. Who do you got? We're winning today. Cowboys are winning. All right. Next question. <laughs> no, yeah, no, I I feel the same way. Um, obviously the Cowboys they haven't looked great, but. The Saints have looked really bad, and the Cowboys are a much better team. We're going to be back on track. <laughs> yeah, uh, and they, they definitely need to get their get-back game, so I'm going to get them to do that. Um, we got Colts headed to Houston to play the Texans. Uh, I got the Colts. Uh, they're a much better team than the Texans. The Colts, they're, they're not going to, like, you know, this can't be a trap game for them because the Colts, they're so focused. They need to win all their games, basically, to make yeah. the playoffs. Like they're, they're, it's impossible for there to be a trap game, right? Like trap games are when you're like not focused. The Colts are definitely, I can tell you, they're 100 percent focused, 100 because they need to win all their games. I got the Colts. Who do you got? I would agree. I think that the Colts just are going to dominate this game. All right, uh, we got Vikings headed to Detroit to play the Lions. Who do you got? Vikings are too talented to lose this game. I truly believe that. That's really all. Yeah. Um, I, I thought, thought about, about this for, like, a couple, couple of minutes, minutes, and then I was like, no, I can't not pick the Vikings. Like, that would be so disrespectful to not pick the Vikings. Yeah, I mean, I think when it comes down to it, like, the Vikings, again, they're they're also, just like the Colts, right? Like, if the Vikings have any hope of making the playoffs, they need to win out, basically. And so yeah. they can't, they're, they're not going to get caught in a trap game because you can't do that when you need to win all your games, right? Like, well, you can. You stink. Well, yeah, but it's, but it's like I, I think both the teams, the Colts and the Vikings, they are they're definitely good enough to win against these bad teams, even if they're maybe not good enough to be consistent week to week. They can be consistent yeah, against yeah. the bad teams. Um, all right, we have uh, the Giants headed to Miami to play the Dolphins. Uh, I got the Dolphins in this one, uh, basically for the reason is the Dolphins seem to be getting better every week. The Giants seem to be staying the same and the Viking the Dolphins where they were they've always been better than the Vi- than the Giants and they seem to be getting better every week so I got them to keep getting better and get the win over the Giants who do you got I've got the Dolphins as well I think that the Dolphins will uh their defense is starting to really come into fruition and the Giants offensive line is still really bad I think that the defense might wreck some havoc yeah um all right we got the Buccaneers headed to Atlanta to play the Falcons who do you got I got the Bucks uh, I just don't the Falcons, who barely beat a really bad Jaguars team, I don't think that the Bucks, uh, I, the Bucks are still trying to play for that uh, number one seed, and they can't really start slipping right now. And I think that they're going to dominate this game. Yeah. Um. Oh yeah, I I picked two. Yeah, I picked the Bucks as well, though. Yeah, same reason, right? This is a team that, um, yeah, they're right there, you know, with the Packers and the Cardinals for that number one seed. They're a team that is, you know. If they have any hope of getting them one seed, they need to be basically winning all these games. And so, again, I don't think there's really much of a worry of them getting caught in a trap game because this is a team that's been, you know, struggling the last couple of weeks. They're really focused on what they need to do to win. I think that, you know, they're a much better team than the Falcons. 
obviously, you know, with Antonio Brown out, you know, suspended, that's going to make it uh, more difficult, obviously, for them. But I think that they still should be able to get the win. Um, okay, we got the Eagles headed to New York to play the Jets. Um, I've got the Eagles. Um, yeah, they've been crazy and inconsistent. But I think even at their worst, they're basically the same level as the Jets. So I think I expect the Eagles to get somewhat of a bounce back. You know, when that Jalen Hurts, you know, he's a good guy. He's a good player. He's not going to play poorly two weeks in a row, I don't think. But even if he mm-hmm. does, I think that that's still going to make it a very close game against the Jets. Who do you got? I've got the Eagles as well. I think the Jets might be able to pull off an upset here, but I just I think Jalen Hurts is too good. Yeah. Uh, to, I just think he's too good to lose this game to the Jets. Yeah, I mean, like, like I said, I think sort of worst-case scenario, it's a very close game for the Jets, for the mm-hmm. Eagles, I mean, right? So it's, like the Jets could win, but that would, you know, be if the Eagles played really badly, it would be a toss-up game, I think. Um, yeah. Okay, we got the Cardinals headed to Chicago to play the Bears. Who do you got? I got the Cardinals. Unfortunately, you guys are going to win another game uh, because the Bears are trash. Yeah. That's really about it. <laughs> Hey, you know, maybe maybe Matt Nagy will finally get fired this week. Uh, you know, <laughs> yeah. Bears that could fan- be the only positive outcome for yeah. me for this game. Bears fans can hope. Um, all right, we got Chargers headed to uh, Cincinnati to play the Bengals. Uh, this is going to be an interesting game. Uh, this is, you know, probably right there in my game of the week. These are two teams that are, you know, right mm-hmm. contending for those, you know, wild card spots. So the game counts double in that regard. Um, I think that, you know... Chargers had a tough game, tough loss last week. The Bengals had a real dominant win. I think that part of that is going to be, you know, a little bit of a bounce back for the Chargers and a come-to-earth game for the Bengals. I got the Chargers picking up the win. Who do you got? I have the Bengals. I just think the Chargers really struggle to stop the run. And I think Joe Joe Mixon's going to run circles around this Chargers defense. I mean, that's definitely a possibility if he gets going. Um, Okay, we got Jaguars headed to L.A. to play the Rams. Who do you got? Rams, Jags are bad. The Rams are decent. Luckily, the the Rams don't get to lose four games in a row, right? Hopefully. Yeah. yeah no. I mean, I mean, I've I've got to pick the Rams too, right? You look at this and you're like, you know, I want to pick against the Rams because they're playing really badly and they're struggling. But you can't pick the Jaguars. If you know, if this was like they were playing the Raiders or something, you know, I'd be really tempted to pick against the Rams. But you can't do it when it's the Jaguars. Like they're much better than the Jaguars, even how bad they've looked. Uh, okay, we got Washington headed to Vegas to play the Raiders. Uh, this was a tough game for me. I ultimately, I ultimately went with the Raiders. Um, I just think that the Raiders, you know, they were obviously they were on a three-game losing streak. You know, they won last week to sort of snap the skid. I think that that's going to help them in a lot of ways to improve to, you know, sort of get that focus back. And I think they're the better team, so I think I expect them to get the win here. Who do you got? I'm going to go with the Raiders as well. I think that they showed against the Cowboys that that offense, even with some pieces missing because of off-field issues, they're still very explosive. Yeah. Um, and Washington's offense is just too inconsistent to take advantage of the Raiders' mediocre to lackluster defense. Yeah. That's pretty Other than Antonio Gibson, that dude's for real. Yeah. No, he's, he's very good. Um, okay. Uh, we got Ravens headed to Pittsburgh to play the Steelers. Who do you got? This game... I'm going to say is my upset of the week. I think the Steelers are going to come out and beat the Ravens. Uh, I don't think, I don't really have a good reason. I just think this game is going to be that weird upset that happens because the Ravens are just so weirdly inconsistent and the Steelers, for some reason, 
seem to do better against teams that they should lose to. Uh, and I think the Steelers will, hopefully their defense bounces back and really dominates against a team that has the potential to turn the ball over a lot. Yeah, no, I actually, for pretty similar reasons, I picked the Steelers as well. Uh, I picked the Steelers mostly when you look at this, it's, you know, the Ravens, they've been overperforming. So, you know, if you sort of anticipate some reversion to the mean, you expect them to, you know, lose a game. And it's a division game. These division games, especially in this division, the AFC North, they're tough games. They're going to be close. You know, I think that the Steelers have a really good chance of pulling off the win here. And I think the Ravens, you know, they're bound to get unlucky at some point. And I think that that's going to be, um, I think that's probably going to be the, you know, this week for them. That's my thoughts. Um, yeah. We've got the 49ers headed to Seattle to play the Seahawks. Uh, I got the 49ers. Uh, I think when it comes down to it, the 49ers, you know, they're a much better team than the Seahawks. I think the Seahawks, their season's over. I think it's you know you're not going to see the players playing 100, percent but you're going to see the 49ers because again they're also they're right in that playoff picture. There's no way to me that this team is going to allow themselves to get caught in a trap, right? Like as much as I think Kyle Hitch Shanahan is a fraud as a coach, I think he's not good. He's a, he's good at motivating, right? The players want to play for him, even though he's not 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 smart. You know the players want to play for him, and that's the sort of level that's like I think this team is able to stay focused and not fall into a trap. And so I think there's a good chance of them having a pretty dominant win. Who do you got? I got the Niners. I just the Seahawks defense is so bad. I don't understand if the Vikings defense, which isn't good, gave up 133 yards to to Eli Mitchell. Seahawks are going to give up probably like 115, 130 yards. Like yeah, I know they turned a lot of they had a lot of turnovers because of against Washington, but I think that was more of Taylor Heineke than it was anything else. Yeah. All right. Uh, Sunday night game. We got Broncos headed to Kansas City to play the Chiefs. Who do you got? Unfortunately, I have to pick the Chiefs because I just think that they're too good. Uh, their defense is starting to come around a little bit. They're not amazing, but they're playing solid with all their players healthy. Uh, and the Broncos, uh, they could pull an upset here, but I just, again, I don't trust their offense to be able to score with the Chiefs if it comes down to that. Yeah, this was a tough one because I was really debating having this be my upset of the week. Um, ultimately, I went against it, though. I just think the Chiefs are just that much better than the Broncos. You know, the mm. Broncos, you know, Broncos, they can beat the Chargers. The Chargers are going to have to beat the Chiefs. I think the Broncos, they're just, it's tough for them to beat the Chiefs. The Chiefs are like, it's that much better. So I got the Chiefs as well. Yeah. But I'm not 100% sold. I think the Broncos definitely could get the upset. I'm just not totally yeah. sold on it. But, like, I would not be surprised if the Broncos were able to get that upset. I mean, it's a, it's a division game. You know, the Broncos, they're playing for the playoffs. You know, it's they're going to play tough. They're going to play them. It's going to be a close game, I think. But I think the Chiefs just have, you know, coming off a bye, especially, right, with one of the best coaches in the league and yeah. a really good quarterback to give them that rest. I think I think the Chiefs, they're just – all they've got a lot, a lot going in their favor, so i got to pick them. But I think it's going to be close. And <laughs> finally, we got Monday night. we got Patriots headed to Buffalo to play the Bills. This is, in my opinion, the game of the week. It's going to tell us, I think, I a agree. lot. It's going to tell us a lot about the Patriots. It's going to tell us a lot about the Bills. It's going to tell us a lot about the AFC playoff picture, right? Because, obviously, you know, the Patriots are half a game ahead of the Bills in the division. So if yep. the Bills get a win, they're going to you know, jump to be the number two seed. What did hmm. you say? Oh, well, yeah. It's like, yeah, disagreeing. They get, that, they get that two seed and take the AFC East lead. Yeah, you know, and so this is such an important game. 
you know, this is a game that, you know, it's a division game, so it counts double, but it's for the playoffs, so it counts triple, and it's for, you know, potentially home field in the playoffs. So this is a game that, you know, counts, you know. It's huge. Yeah, you know, to torture my metaphor even further, this game counts, you know, quadruple or quintuple or whatever, right? Like, this is like these two games, the Patriots playing the Bills this week, and then um, what, then then they play them again um, on Boxing Day. You know, so they play them twice in four weeks these two games are the most important games going forward in the rest of the season you know yeah. if if one team can sweep them then they're guaranteed basically to win the division right and if they split them then that tells you a lot about who they are you know yep. and, you know yeah you know if they split them like are both games close or are you know whatever right these are the two most important games they both count you know like five or six times I've got to go with the Bills, I think. I just think mm-hmm. that, you know, at some point the Patriots, you know, they're going to have a letdown, right? They've, they've won yeah. five straight, and that's really good, and that's obviously good to show consistency. But, you know, teams don't win, you know, six or seven straight very often, right? So eventually they're yeah. going to have a letdown. And I think a Bills team playing at home, you know, and the Bills, you know, the Bills know this is like the most important game they'll play all year. I think the Bills are going to be, you know, definitely ready to play, and it's going to be a tough, close division game. And I'm just – the Bills are just a little bit favored, in my opinion, but it's going to be obviously a very close, fun game. Who do you got? I've got the Patriots. I think that they are quite literally on a roll, and that consistency is what I think will put them over the edge. The Bills have the ability to be inconsistent, and that inconsistency against a coach like Bill Belichick with a defense that yeah. I believe is the best defense in football right now. They're so dominant. Matthew Judon is sneakily becoming maybe the uh, – putting a he's sneakily making a case for defensive player of the year. Oh, for sure, and yeah. Mac Jones with – yeah, the offense doesn't have a ton of weapons, but Mac Jones is so – like just – he doesn't turn the ball over. He's not making a ton of mistakes. And they run the ball so, like, they don't run for tons of yards all the time, but they run very physical, which beats up on defenses. I think the Patriots just are going to, I just think they're going to kind of play old, like, 2000s, 90s football and just kind of beat up the Bills. I, I think the Patriots are going to win this, and I think that they will hold on to that number two seed. Yeah, no, I mean, I mean, I think you're definitely right. This is going to be a crazy close game. I think if the Patriots play like they have the last, you know, five weeks, they're going to get the win, but I just think you can't, you know, the way they've been playing is not 100% sustainable, I don't think. So it's going to be, you know, that's going to be the question, right, is, you know, can the Patriots keep playing this well? And if they can, how long can they keep it up? Because, you know, at some point they're probably going to not be able to keep it going. So we'll see. Is that this week? Is that next week? Who knows? We'll definitely be able to see. Um, All right, well, it's always good talking to you. Oh, uh, what would you pick is – I mean, I, I assume your game of the week is also probably Patriots Bills, right? Patriots Bills. I say Patriots Bills is going to be game of the week. I don't really maybe Chargers Bengals, but I think Patriots yeah, Bills. Yeah, I, I, I think there's some games that you know could be a little more fun in terms of the football, but this game it's two teams that are going to be fun to watch as well as like such an important game for the playoffs. It's it's yeah. pretty dif- pretty difficult to find a more important game than this one. I think. Yeah, um, yeah, I would agree. All right. Well, I will talk to you. Next week, see if we're going. Hopefully, I can finally beat you in picks. You know, we'll see. I hope not. Uh, I hope I'll see I you next week. All right.